Shachtan, an Indo Askelige. Time in Mon Irok the Yen of Chacht Erachor, Agasuligum, a Makan Shaw, Gurfeder Echor, Inuik Kart, Len of Winterfein. Skilti, Fis, Turmi. Tashe Dochretche, Nach Vetok, Ara, Igornamion, and Kestian Echo. Vien Talam again Omgrev, Orkar Nrachtum. Find us on all the usual podcast platforms. Remember, you can stay up to date on the latest news with the Irish Independent WhatsApp channel. This is an Irish independent podcast. We've talked about the league being a bit of a phony war, but there didn't look like to be too much of a phony war in Turles on, on Saturday <laughs> evening. I don't know about you, lads. I, I was loving Everton. I saw it. It was great. There was niggle to it. There was a bite to it, even going in at half time. Even thought there was a bite to, to Liam Cattle and Davy after the game. Uh, yeah. what, 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 <laughs> what, what, what did you make of it? Love it. Very spicy. A lot of an edge to it. Judging on his comments, I think Liam Cattle will, will possibly push on and try and win the league. And I think the teams that are top of, of, the, of, of their league campaigns to date, you know, Limerick, Cork, Kilkenny, Tipperary, if they're in semi-finals, I think we'll have crack in semi-finals. And I don't think any of those four teams will turn their nose up to, to league success. Hello and welcome to The Throne with me, Michael Verney. And this week, I'm also joined by Dunica Boyle, Eddie Brennan and John Milan to look back on the hurling league action with plenty to discuss, including Cork booking their place in the semi-finals, Henry Shefflin's Galway bouncing back against Clare and Tipperary's feisty win over Waterford on Saturday that also sees them into the semi-finals. But first, we must mention the death of Offaly football manager Liam Kearns and Dunica, it was a very sudden passing that took, uh, took everyone by surprise in the GA world. Only 61 years of age. Um, and I know you've had certain dealings with Liam down through the years. An absolute gentleman to deal with. Uh, very, very sad news in the world of the GA. Yeah, very sad, Michael. And, and as you said, they're always, always from, I suppose, from our point of view, the media point of view, just really easy to deal with. Just a, a, a gentleman who, you know, would always give his time whenever he could. And... He, um, I spoke to him as recently as last year, um, uh, just about a piece on Limerick football, and obviously he had a huge, huge, um, uh, very good spell with them. And uh, and Tipperary, I know he was really liked by that group of players when he brought them to the All Ireland final. So, yeah, very sad loss for for him, and obviously our thoughts are, are with his family. Yeah, and he obviously had, he had a really successful reign with Limerick. They were a couple of inches away from winning the Munster final. I think Darrow Shea plucked down a 45 from above the crossbar one day, as you say, with Tipperary, that All-Ireland semi-final appearance in, in 2016, despite being without some of his best players. And even with Offaly, was was dealt a, you know, a difficult enough kind of deck this year with Niall McNamee stepping away and other players unavailable, and they were doing well in Division 3. So... Deep sympathies to to the Kearns family on, on Liam's passing. Um, it seems it seems trivial almost to to move on with with, with GA action. But but delighted to be joined by uh, Eddie Brennan and John Milan to look back at the league action over the weekend. And John Wexford were a different prospect uh, yesterday in Parky Cueve against Cork. They came up short, um, but still you know a massive massive turnaround from two weeks previous against Clare. Whereas from a Cork point of view. They seem to be finding a way to win these type of games and getting results against the head. Absolutely, I suppose. 
I, have to, I actually felt sorry for Wexford in, 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 in a lot of ways. Possibly were the better team for what large parts of that match. Should have won the match. Um, but look, the, the, the character shown by Cork, the resilience, um, you know, we're probably seeing something different about this Cork team at present. But from a Wexford point of view, uh, Darry Egan will be very, very encouraged by what he what he's seen yesterday off the back of that poor result against Clare. And it, look, it just goes to show you, from a Wexford point of view, you know, when you get the likes of the, the Chins, you get the likes of the Dio Keys, you get the likes of the Matthew Hanlins back on the field, uh, you know, they can be very, very competitive. And look, you throw in, they got Rory O'Connor back on the field. Liam Ryan is due, due to come back as well. So, yeah, I, I, I felt sorry for, for Wexford. But Cork, on the other hand, you know, considering the personnel that they were down, uh, you know, played a relatively young team. I think Pat Ryan will be will be delighted. He he eight points on the board. They're in it. They're in a, a league semi final. They go up to the end of this Sunday now, and they can have a right track of a, of a that. Probably put out an experimental team uh, again next Sunday. But yeah, look, the Rebels they're going they're going along nicely. But look, the Pat Ryan won't need reminding that you know they were going along nicely in the league last year, and you know they. Uh, they probably didn't have the best of championships by Cork standards. Eddie, would you be the same? Have you seen something different in Cork this year so far? Yeah, they're, they're probably a little bit of resilience more than ever in them. And uh, I think, you know, even listening to Wayne Sherlock's interview afterwards, I think he said as much. He was kind of really tuned into the whole aspect of their play that they were going to go to the bitter end and they, and they hung in there. Now, I'd argue, look, uh, from John said it there about Darry Egan, look, he'd be encouraged and the value of Lee Chin and these lads back into the team, the difference that they make. And obviously it's very difficult if you don't have your best players. But I think what will disappoint Dara was maybe, you know, a high ball coming in like that. Someone has to put their name on it and attack that ball. And I know maybe lads were expecting Collins would have it in his locker to get the range there. But with the wet weather, it probably took the, the legs off it. But I just think the one thing that there was a lot of Wexford lads in that area, but none of them actually commanded the ball. So, that's the fix that he will want for championship is that you want one of your defenders going attacking that ball and making sure it's moving out. Um, and they just they just got caught kind of maybe ball watching because at that stage of the match, there's a bit of panic and fatigue and, and lads were just on about, you know, they, they, they weren't tagging their men really. Um, but o- overall, yeah, Cork, I think they look to have a little bit of a, a bit of dog in them now this year. And that has been, you know, something we've talked about at length um, about what's been missing with Cork for the last few years, that bit of steel. But I think Joyce looks to be a fella that's grown into that position. Uh, he's very combative as well as he's able to hurl. And I think maybe that's what Cork have been missing at the spine of their defence. It's someone like that that's, that's willing to get in physical, where goes in and wins the dirty ball, but equally he's capable of hurling as well. So positive signs, but as John said there, the proof is going to be in the championship uh, for Cork, unfortunately. That's where it is. Would they take a league title? I'm sure they would. But but ultimately, he's trying to build a good, strong squad with lots of depth for the championship. Donica, just on Wexford there, obviously really disappointed, I'm sure, not to get some points on the board after I think they were winning 6-0 early on and they were probably the better team overall. But they did look a completely different team than they were two weeks ago against Clare. So... And I know they've resurrected a couple of times last year after bad results as well. So signs suggest that they're going to resurrect again this year and they might still be a force come Leinster. Yeah, I think when the, when the picture of that, has, as the lads touched on, like even, even Porrick Power's goal was you know thoroughly avoidable. It was kind of a self-inflicted wound. It was a clearance went wrong and it was back there, ran back down their throat and he got that nice touch on it. Um, 
the, the, the slight worry is, that, and they did get fellas back in the pitch, but a lot of them went off too. Um, was Damien Reck went off, injured. Um, Matthew Hanlon pick up something. Um, uh, Conor McDonald went off, another one. So there's like the spine of your team there. That's your full forward, your centre back. Um, uh, you know, that, that uh, three kind of key figures that are gone off injured. So we have to remain to be seen who they are. But when they have everyone and when they're playing well, they're, they're you know, they're very, very competitive. And uh, I think they can, if they can bring that form in, they can expect to be in uh, the All-Ireland series because um, I suppose like, you know, Dublin, will get on to them, but Dublin, I was there yesterday, Dublin have a lot of ground to make up between now and the start of the championship, I suppose, put it that way. Um, so you, you, Wexford look to be in a good position in that sense, but just the, the, those injuries will be a concern um, for 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 them. Quick one for you, Eddie, because um, you're the only one of us here that's actually been in the cauldron on the sideline uh, and that uh, you know trying to get players fit from league to championship. Waterford have a big long injury list. Tip have a long injury list. Uh, Wexford probably have one as well. How difficult is that as a manager to try and get lads road tested in league, particularly towards those latter stages? but still have them fit come championship because you're treading a line with, you know, the proximity between the two, you're treading a line where you could be missing lads for your first couple of rounds of championship. Yeah, that's a, that, it's a massive challenge. And especially now, because that window is so small now. Um, and particularly, I think, with, with, with the game is played now and that, that high octane, high energy game that everyone plays, I think particularly if you get a hamstring injury, you're in big trouble. Like, um, it's it's a long way back, and and I think we've seen a couple of lads, you know, you know, Keen Lynch. Even I know it was an ankle coming into the All Ireland, but he's done a right good job in his hamstring. He, you know, his year was nearly gone. So uh, I suppose you really are going to be led by uh, how well you know your players and your S and C and your physios. Then obviously are the ones that are going to really take on the mantle there. And then it's just a case of listening to their advice, listening to their expertise, and you make a call. But that is the concern because if you give a lad time and, and, and you're up against time, we haven't got much at the moment to get a fella right now for the first round and second round. And when matches coming so close, it, it, the danger of recurrence is, is dangerous. So that's that's your big concern. But um, it's just, <laughs> I suppose, you, you, you make your decision based on what information you have and you have to maybe do the sums and say, well, look, if there's a chance of it, maybe having a plan B or having a plan C, but when that's maybe four or five of your key players, that is tricky. Like, you know, you're now looking at the depth of your squad and who can fill those roles. And I think we've seen with Wexford at the moment, which is probably the worry for them going forward, they still haven't lads ready to take on that mantle just yet. Even from a player's point of view, Eddie, like, you know yourself, like you're four or five weeks out from championship. The last thing you want to be doing is, is picking up picking up an injury, particularly a hamstring injury it'd be different if you broke a bone in your hand you could still do the running you could still kind of partake some way in training but a hamstring injury you know yourself you know the weather will be starting to get a bit better the clocks will go back the ball will be hopping around and you're not going to partake in any of that training and leading up to the championship and you, you've probably been there yourself before Eddie I've been there myself that can play on your mind going into the championship leading into the championship knowing that you're, you're kind of questioning yourself in your own mindset have I the work behind me to go and say from a Waterford point of view, a Wexford point of view, where they're going playing a Limerick in the first round, they're going playing a Galway in the first round. You're probably questioning your own minds and saying, have I the work done to go and take on a Limerick or a Galway in that first round? Yeah, it's probably the psychology of it more than anything else. And that's where you, you need honesty from a player. He has to know, right, it's, it's actually okay to go or whatever. But uh, as you said there, 
if 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 you are that close to a match and you know the the worry I suppose for manager is in six it's a six seven day turnaround to round two so that puts you really really in the red zone with something like that. I'll just fire a quick one at you. Um, it's probably wasn't one of the biggest games of the weekend. Uh, Limerick going down to play Westmead in Cusick Park, but a lot of big news coming out of it. Hurler the year, Dimmer Burns back on the pitch, Aaron Gallan back on the pitch, Mike Casey back on the pitch. Like <laughs> all signs suggest, everything is pretty rosy in the the Treaty Garden at the moment. They have everybody available to them at the moment. Even Cotlow O'Neill back, Connor Boylan back. Uh, worrying signs for the chase and pack, I'd say. Yeah, exactly, exactly. That's exactly where to sum it up. Um, um, you know, I suppose if you were, if you looked at last year and you know they were missing one or two sort of senior key figures, and and you're thinking, well, well, who who can come in? And and on paper, they've gotten stronger so far this year, and they have, as you say, Aaron Gillan back, and that was a little bit of a. Uh, we weren't sure exactly what was happening there, and now like they're at full strength, and they seem to be coming in at exactly the right time as well. You know, they're we're getting towards the edge of championship. Everyone's getting getting some, or everyone's getting a little bit of action and getting some time under a belt. Um, I suppose you're looking at that game. Yes, it's very hard to know what you can take out of it. I think the second half was a draw. So in fairness to Westmead, that was quite uh, you know that was that was a very 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 credible performance to to put that in. But um, you do feel like Limerick are, are coming together very nicely and timing it really well. And interestingly, timing it very differently to last year when you know when we spoke about this before last year in the league they were almost marked absence for until the very last game. I think the beat was it awfully in, in the final round. Uh, for their only win in the league, and and obviously they went on and did what they did. But this year they they've been uh, a lot more like themselves, and um, yeah, it seems to be coming together. John Kiley seems to bring that together very nicely. There's ferocious competition there now. Like if you were any of those Limerick lads, you're going to afraid your life to miss a match because mm. someone will just take the jersey clean off your back. Like so, it, it's it's a great situation to have for John Kiley. And just on that, Eddie, just Galan's importance quickly to Limerick. Like he, I, I I would say nearly he's their most important player because. Like they don't have a player like that on the edge of the square where if needs be they can horse in a high ball, they can put in a low ball. He's just he off, having him available offers a threat. I don't think that any other player under Limerick player offers. Well, with the way they play, they, they need someone in there and, and he is probably the best in the business at the moment at that role because he's not fussy how it goes into him. He's willing to make those runs. But equally too, I said this last year, I'd love to see someone, I'd love to see, imagine if they could get Hegarty in there around the edge of the square. Mm. Imagine the devastation that man. So there's options there, but uh, look, what a headache for John Kiley to have. But I do think that he is on song, tuned in. He is, he could be, a, he's a, he is a, he's a match winner. Like. And they, they can move around the same pieces and different, different, like we've seen it with Kyle Hayes, you know, they've used them in very different ways and, and the fact that that just goes to show how versatile they are. Even if you go back to Eddie's team, like JJ went back full back, didn't he? And, and was wing back. And they can just move them around, you know, and, and nothing seems to change. Or, or even sometimes it even seems to make them stronger. And I suppose you're looking a lot over the last few years over this run, you are looking at the a lot of the same key players. But as Eddie says, there's, there's fellas now genuinely putting their hand up for that uh, to start in 15. So there are so many options there. John, I know you wrote in Saturday's Independent questioning whether Galway had the, the squad to win in All-Ireland. Did you see anything different in Cusick Park yesterday? Probably not in the first quarter, but they were much better in the in the final three quarters. And I was kind of questioning that, you know, are, are they building a, a squad dip? I mean, you go back to yesterday, I mean, it was the same It was the same lads that were getting them over the line. You know, Conor Whelan came up with the big goal. Uh, Conor Cooney got man of the match. Dottie Burke... 
um, Parik Mannion. So it's still the same, the same bulk of lads here, 2017 lads that, you know, are, are leading, the, leading the charge. What I was suggesting is that, you know, is he on earth in a couple of players? You know, probably the only one you're probably looking at is possibly Kevin Coney is probably putting his hand up. You know, and I'm, I'm looking at Galway in contrast to say, you look at Kilkenny, you know, how they dismantled Dublin yesterday, you know, without uh, Adrian Mullen, without TJ Reid, without Hugh Lawler, uh, Billy Drennan has, 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 has come into the mix. So I'm going off at, like, could you read anything into yesterday's game? Look, they were good. I think Henry was delighted that, you know, they got the win considering off the back of two. Uh, disappointing defeats to, to Cork and Limerick so you know he, he will be pleased but how hard were, were Clare going at it yesterday after after probably the first quarter I mean it was very standoffish stuff yesterday you know I think the lads remarked on, on League Sunday last night it was nearly like a, uh, a cha- challenge match uh, vibe to it atmosphere to it there's a big crowd there and you know we didn't see the real Clare the area yesterday so it, it was very hard to judge judge Galway but I'm 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 still questioning. Are they the best equipped side to go on top of Limerick? I I I'm still unsure on that very, and you know only time will tell. I think they'll be good enough to come through Leinster, but I think the real time to go and judge Galway is is when they play Kilkenny, possibly in a Leinster final, play maybe a Cork or a Tipperary or or, or a Limerick in a in an All Ireland series. Will they, will they have enough in in their armour to go? And uh, push on and win those games. I, I, the jury is probably still a bit out for me, like you know. Eddie, what's your own reading on on Galway under your your former teammate Henry? Where do you see them at at the moment, and do you think they're missing a couple of players, as John suggests? Yeah, I I do. I still think they they haven't found you know a real a real big day forward. Um, and I think again, you know, we've seen Conor Whelan. We know what he can bring, and and in terms of his appetite for work, but. I always like to have. I would if I'm looking at Conor Whelan. I want him in in around the square. That's where he does his most harm. And Conor Cooney supporting that. But there's no real like. He, I think Henry has has cast the net fairly wide. Like I think he's bringing in a lot of lads. He has tried a few lads like Young O'Shea coming in there. And again, he looks physically kind of miles off at a county level, but yet very very tidy hurler. And that's one thing that you know Henry will 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 always look at is is you know a skillful fella, a guy that can you know, snap a point in, in the blink of an eye. So um, I think the depth is possibly not there. And I know it's something that, you know, I heard on afterwards with with Galway last year, like they got their plan so right for Limerick in the semi-final. You know, uh, Joseph Cooney went after Tom Morrissey and uh, Fintan Bork followed Hegarty and they got that much so much right. But then Limerick unloaded four substitutes into the forwards in an 11-minute window. And that was where they got caught like that maybe Galway needed their artillery to come in there. So I suppose that's the big thing is that it, I think now with the way Limerick play now, you're going to need three or four massive impact subs, like really massive impact. And I heard Pat Ryan that are even talking about they caught themselves the bomb squad. That's the type of impact you need off your bench now. And again, Henry has gone looking for them. But I suppose, the like John said, I would say time will tell whether he has found them. The real test is going to be when they go to Nolan Park in the first or second, third round, I think maybe the championship this year. Speaking of Nolan Park, Dunica, you were there yesterday for Kilkenny versus Dublin. Um, 
Like you just have to say it was uh, pretty ruthless from a Kilkenny point of view and Dublin were never really in it. I think it was, was it 17 shots uh, all over the bar in the first half, am I right in saying? 17 shots, 17 scores, yeah, no whites. Um, like, it was, and it was kind of a strange game because like Kilkenny were, were good, but they weren't, you know, they weren't, that, that stat aside, it wasn't vintage, it wasn't, Vintage Kilkenny, I'd say, but Dublin was like some really poor first touches, getting caught in possession, getting turned over, kind of trying to do like the right thing, the work to show up, but just making little mistakes and getting caught. And then as soon as they got engaged in the, the physical side of it with Kilkenny and the rook or anything like that, they were just kind of they were losing most of them. Um, you know, Donald Burke aside, I think Kilkenny had all the best players on the pitch. Um uh, Billy Drennan very good I think he I had him for nine from nine from the first half between, between freeze and plays free and play um, so you know it, it was it was a strange sort of day Michal who wasn't really that happy made a point of sort of making it saying he wasn't that happy with the referee and afterwards you know there was a one or two maybe he could have an issue with but I didn't think it was it was huge to be honest with you uh, and, and as John touched earlier that that's uh, that's a Kilkenny side without TJ without Adrian Mullen and a couple others so like you know uh, very very good out in front of Kenny and they'd be very happy but Dublin have a lot to do and you know I think Sean Curry went off what would would look like a, a bad shoulder injury he's another one they have Ronan Hayes to come back in you know you'd expect him to start Jake Malone would be in or around it and then you know how many more will would be featuring the first 15 or, or coming off the bench it's, it's very hard to say at this stage but you know Dublin have uh, they've an awful lot of work to do between now and the first round of the championship and between now and when the when they play Kilkenny again in the championship Eddie, just a quick one to you on, on another former teammate in, in Derek Ling. Um, what Have you seen much different uh, with Kilkenny under his watch compared to Brian's or is it kind of a continuation? There's, there's a lot of elements that, that you'd see that mirror Brian in a way. But I think what you're seeing with Kilkenny there, like even the deployment of Parig Welch wearing number four, you know, to, to, to maybe the naked eye, you go, God, Parig Welch cornerback. But it's not. It's the modern first receiver and what he can do. And he's a guy that I think is, he can play make, he can make things happen, like he's a, he's a real hurler, he might not be that out and out, you know, touch tight, man-marking defender, but I think what I've seen different with Kilkenny is, look, there's obviously steel and the physicality is what they will always be, and they'll be hugely competitive, their energy for work yesterday was savage, but what you've seen was, uh, being able to work the ball in tight spaces, and switch it across, like they brought on Murphy, into the play a few times I've seen you know two or three little passes in the corner where they dispossessed the Dublin player down to the right you know one or two quick passes and then a 40 yard across the pitch and they always had maybe Keen Kenny or Tommy Welsh or someone like that was always there I think Richie Reid has grown into that role of being able to get around to where the, the drop zone is but they're definitely um, a little bit more conservative with how they deploy the, they get rid of the ball out of defence they're, they're trying to work it nicely they're trying to drill the ball um, and I think David Blanchfield is a guy that's really good at that today against Tip. So, yeah, they're they're trying to play a bit smarter, which they need to do. Like, you can't anymore just turn around and just horseball out of defence anymore. And I think the one issue where they were they struggled with last year and they got very nervous with early doors in the All-Ireland final was being able to take the ball inside their own 45 and bring it out. You know, and that's where, where Limerick really choked the life out of them and, and, and spooked them, if you like, in that All-Ireland final. So that's an area that I think Derek will really want to work on. And you, you mentioned Richie Reid there. And it's like he's had a very, like he's had a, a brilliant career, but it's a very unusual one insofar as he's played a little bit of midfield. He's been sub-goalie in championship games, I think. He's been mm-hmm. back midfield. For, like he's, he's done it all. And you don't see that sort of versatility very often. Like what, what can you tell us about him? 
Yeah, look, and, and he's probably a fella that you can argue maybe has been, you know, late to the game. And I remember him playing as a young lad of 17 in goal for Shamrocks one evening. Um, and he was a hell of a keeper as well. But, um, yeah, I think I think what you have is, look, he, he, he has a good hurling brain. And I think he got his goal a few times, which is typical under Brian Cody. You get a match or two and it didn't work out. And then you get kind of pushed back. Someone else gets in and takes a jersey and you kind of maybe not don't get your chance again. But I think in the last year or two, he has really had to step up a little bit. And I think, you know, even last year in Dollar and Final, I think he was trying to do the right thing the whole time. And I'd be hoping if he could tidy that up a little bit. Um, he definitely is um, a real good playmaker too. He's able to give the quality ball. Um, but, you know, again, the, the issue is going to be like any defender. And, and it's not easy as when forwards are coming running at you, that's when you really have to defend. But uh, I would I would like to think that he's there he's he's there to anchor the defense really and and be able to get and support his other fellas take the ball off him. Is he naturally a six? Do you think he's naturally a centre back? Is that his? I think I think he's probably a better seven. I think out and out seven because that affords him a bit of space to go up the fields. But look, with the way play goes, I think you have so many lads, you know, midfielders coming back to help out. It does give him a bit of scope. But it depends on the brief. It depends if he's given the scope. I think as a wing back, you have that freedom to maybe go forward if it's on. But as it may be a holding six, you, you have to be always conscious of what's going on behind you. John, we've talked about the league being a bit of a phony war, uh, but there didn't look like to be too much of a phony war in Turles on, on Saturday <laughs> evening. I don't know about you, lads. I, I was loving Everton. I saw it. It was great. There was niggle to it. There was a bite to it. Even going in a half time, going down the tunnel, there was a bite to it. Even thought there was a bite to, to Liam Cattle and Davey after the game. What did you make of it? Love it. Yeah, it was very interesting viewing, all right. Yeah. Uh, very spicy. A lot of an edge to it. Um, I think yeah, you touched on it there. Um, nearly, I wouldn't say I had Out of all the games across the weekend, they probably had that kind of nearly close to kind of a championship feel about it. Although it was kind of still off a bit, a bit of the pace. But um, from a Waterford point of view... I suppose it's very, very hard to know where they're at right now. Um, I think where they are in contrast to styles, I think they're caught between two styles uh, in regards, you know, after playing under Lean Cal for three years and now here they are now trying to adapt to Davies' style. I think they're caught, caught between those two styles and that was probably evident the weekend, particularly when I think Stephen Bennett was going through on goal in the first half where, you know, he was looking around and, and he didn't have the options to uh, to back him up. Uh, you know, you, you take that 12 months ago or 18 months ago, you know, he would have had two or three lads running off his shoulder and probably would have been in for an almost certain goal. Um, the biggest head scratcher for me, and Eddie, look, you're an inside forward, I'm an inside forward. You're, you're, you're a, a a touch toy corner back journey is Desi Hodgson. I mean, yeah, I mean, we've been it's it's this it's mind boggling for me. I, I don't know what's going on. Like, Desi Hodgson for me is probably the best inside forward in the country. And when I see Desi Hodgson coming out, going back into his own half back, yeah, line, running to midfield to try and get on a ball, I mean, if you're the opposition, you're just saying, right, follow him out there, keep him out there, he's no threat out there happy days so I don't know what's going on there whether that's going to change up in, in going into the championship I would like to think so uh, but 
you know, I think there's a bit bit to be done for Waterford going into this, going, going into in the next couple of weeks, going into the championship. But look, again, I, I go back to it. This time last year, I mean, fellas like myself, other pundits, we were banging the drum that Waterford nearly going to push on and win the All Ireland. So maybe it might be a bad thing that they're going in under the radar into this championship. Probably nobody's going to give them a chance. Probably now, if you're to pick a top five in, in Munster, they're probably you would pick them as as five. Tipperary, on the other hand. Am I surprised where they're going right now under Cattle? Absolutely not. Uh, I think, you know, there seems to be a feel-good factor there. I think, you know, even the supporters seem to be buying into it. There seems to be an air of excitement within the camp, within their play. And I think Tipperary are going along nicely on under on, on Liam. And I think interesting was 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 his comments post-match, you know, when, when it was put to him, you know, uh, you know, how well Waterford were going last year in the league and you know, how, how will they go for the league in that two-week break? And he said, well, look, this is more or less a, a different set of players. We'll see how, how this set of players uh, get on. So I, I think Tipperary, judging on these comments, I think Liam Cattle will, will possibly push on and try and win the league. And I think the teams that are top of, of, the, of, of their league uh, campaigns to date, you know, Limerick, Cork, um, Kilkenny, Tipperary, I think those four teams, if they're in, if they're in semi-finals, I think we'll have cracking semi-finals. And I don't think any of those four teams are turning their nose up to, to league success. Eddie, just on tip, tip do look a completely different animal. It's chalk and cheese to, to this time last year, realistically. Yeah, I think what's really impressive with Liam Cal is he was dealt some hand um, when you look at the injuries and the player he's short. And not once has he come out and whinged about that. He has just got on with it. Uh, I always felt when he went back in, he was going to speed up the development of this team because he knows them all so well. He knows Tipperary Hurling. He has had a lot of these guys between minors and 20s and 21s. So he knows all the players. He knows maybe who the guys are that are down in the numbers that when lads got injured, he was able to go looking for them and bring them in. But uh, I really enjoyed that match Saturday. And I thought what, what, what Liam Cal has done too is he has, you know, when one man is gone, it's just next man up. It's next man up all the time. And um, and and the Tipperary players as well look really hungry. They they really were on top of their game the weekend. Yeah, they were a bit slow to start, but by God, when they got going, and Jake Morris looked superb finishes. Like Liam Cal, I think that's his calling card. When forwards get possession, they're turning to break a tackle. They're turning to move on. And just to go back to John's point quickly, I uh, yeah, it's it's hard to figure it out because I also saw Stephen Bennett way back in his own half back as well, and you wonder what's going on there with Watford. You know, the, the two things like the your two giant captains have both seen Reds this year. You know, is there a little bit of frustration creeping in there? And also just one one point for me, right? This time last year, Stephen Bennett was was on a real heater in the league. He went along and gave an exhibition in the league final against Cork, I think two twelve. And like he's just constantly giving out and whinging at refs now. And you're just going Sometimes a player can, you know, get a bit frustrated and you just you really need him to to do what he does best. And that's hurling. I think somewhere around the half forward line with Desi inside him, that's ideally the mix. And maybe young Fitzgerald or whoever, Kylie maybe in there as well. But I think with Watford, what you what you seen there the weekend, just you know, they started really, really well. The second half then they had to deploy Tyg back to a sweeper role. And I think they need to move away from that a little bit. Uh, the worry was, look, Austin, he can have a bad day. 
But you'd say definitely, I concur, agree with John there. The, the water have a lot of work to do. Yeah, they have a fairly uh, extensive injury list as well. And I think Stephen Bennett hasn't actually yeah. scored from play in the four rounds of the league yet, which is which is seriously worrying. Uh, but I, I, I'll cut you in there, lads. But but in his defence, I mean, some of the stuff off the off the ball the weekend, you know, was 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 unwarranted in in in, in my opinion. Um, but you see, this is the this is the fear now from a Waterford point of view. When Davies got to get a hold of the likes of Stephen Bennett, Bar- I, I wouldn't. Bar- it was very unusual for Barron. I don't think Barron is, is that type of player. But I most certainly, if I was Davy over the course of the next couple of weeks, I would be saying, right, Stephen Bennett, Austin, I'd be getting in their ear and saying, well, look, you're a target now. And like, if you're the opposition manager, and have no doubt, like we've been there before. Like you're going to test the water with with lads that might show a little bit of a red mist. So I think Davy has a big job in the next couple of weeks. He's got it. Anyone who 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 likely the likelihood is that they could be see a little bit of red mist or they could react over the course of the next couple of weeks going into the championship. I think Davy's going to get in the rear and say, well look lads, we need to cut this stuff out because most certainly now if you're the opposition manager, you're saying well, we're going to test the waters with a couple of these lads. And that was evident Saturday night with a couple of Tipperary players, there were there was an awful lot of stuff. Uh, yeah, uh, and you're going. Uh, I, I agree with you, John. You're going to get that, but I don't know. Is is Davy that type of calm head? You know, that's the worry. I mean, sometimes if you see a, a manager getting excited and and carrying on on the sideline, you know that can kind of filter in. Whereas there's a different. You know, it, it, it's obviously the the level of which you're. You know, you need. I think players need to see that the manager is 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 not losing the head either. Like, and and I suppose. If, that that's something that he has to work on this year. And look, and, and even with 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 Austin now and Stephen, yeah, you're right. Then someone needs to get a hold of him and say, "Listen, do what you do best. You have to deal with that. That's part of hurling now." But these are not young guys either. Like they have to grow up now and and know. And I mean, Austin knows he's a target. But why do they want to target him? Because they know he's going to. If he hurls, he's going to destroy them. So that's the the message you'd be trying to get into someone like Austin. You go and hurl, get on the ball, and and yeah, he does get treatments, and I've seen some of it. It's not it's not right either. But, um, look, you just have to get on with it too, don't you? I don't yeah. know if anyone else noticed the body language with the handshake between the two managers at the end of the game. It was kind of a little bit of finger <laughs> wagging going on. And it was, it didn't say much, but it said loads as well. They didn't, you know, there was very much like, I think it was much, it was along the lines of, I'm looking forward to seeing you again in a few weeks' time. So that'll be a hell of a game in yeah, the championship when it comes around. Yeah, round, ra- round two is definitely going to be interesting. But uh, Eddie and John, thanks a million for joining us. Come on, well, lads, all the best. That's it for this week's show. And my thanks to Donica Boyle, Eddie Brennan and John Milan for joining me. We'll be back next week. And in the meantime, don't forget to rate, review and follow the show on Apple, Spotify or wherever you get your podcast from. Thanks for listening. This is an Irish independent podcast.